Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hey, Hogan Johns listeners, little context for this episode. The interview with Jets writer Zach Rosenblatt was recorded right before the announcement was made about Zach Wilson's benching. But Zach Rosenblatt offers a ton of great context about the situation with Zach Wilson, so we didn't want to cut it down too much and make it unlistenable. But keep that context in mind for this episode. Thanks, and happy Thanksgiving. Dell. Oh. Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Bears got a great team this year. They're gonna go all the way. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoge. Hoge. Adam Ho and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy for me. I feel like I, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Happy Thanksgiving. Hogan Johns listeners, we appreciate and are thankful for all of you as we uh, jump into the holiday season. What's up, Johnsy? What's going on? Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Kent, you too. Thankful for my producer, Adam Ho. What's going on? I think you just called me the producer, incidentally. Oh, I did. Yeah, Kent Garrison. You didn't use use, the comma or the period properly (laughs) there, but... It's early here in Chicago. No, it's all right. It is. We uh, we wanted to jump on here. We're recording this on Wednesday morning, which is uh, obviously... uh, a day earlier than we normally would, but um, with the Thanksgiving holiday, want to make sure for everybody traveling, you get this episode, and then of course we don't have to record on Thanksgiving too. So I'm not gonna pretend like it's uh, not a win-win for everybody. Play some football, eat some turkey, watch some football, go to bed because I got a full belly. That's the plan tomorrow. It sounds great. Sounds great. Um, Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read us on The Athletic. Johnsy's on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. I am at allchgo.com. Uh, Obviousshirts.com, where you get all of our merchandise. Appreciate everybody buying that this month um, because a portion of the proceeds go to the 22Q Family Foundation. And Obviousshirts.com is having a huge Black Friday sale later this week as well. So good week to be picking up your Hogan Johns merch, hats, uh, got the winter beanies, the hoodies, all your winter gear that you need. Make sure you go check it out. Johns, I was thinking about um, with Thanksgiving, 
regardless of what's going on with uh, John, uh, not your injury, uh, Justin Fields' injury. I don't have. I'm I'm 100% baby. You're 100%. Wow. I am not. <laughs> we got a little hip thing going on. We got you know just general getting old. Well, I got I I got some soon to be 40 ailments, but yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling all right. It's probably flowing. Probably feeling better than Justin Fields is right now. But yeah, um. You know, regardless of what's going on there, and I'm sure there'll be more information coming out here um, in the next couple of days. I just, I just think we need to take a step back since it's Thanksgiving and truly understand and appreciate what has transpired over the last four or five weeks. Because whoever's playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears has the most important sports job in the city of Chicago, essentially. I would say one of the hardest sports job of any sports job among sports jobs. <laughs> right. Every, like across yeah, the, across it's, the it's, world. It's sure. not an easy position to play to begin with. And then in this market with this pressure for what this means to this franchise, to their family, to how long it's been a problem. Yeah. There's a lot of things that go into play here. And Justin has done what essentially no other quarterback in our lifetime has done in probably past lifetimes, quite frankly, but answered the bell loudly and pretty much announced himself as the team's franchise quarterback over the last month. I mean, I don't think we can... It's really remarkable. Like, I'm not sure. I know the city is in a frenzy over it, but I'm not sure it's actually like dawned on even <laughs> me. Like, and how how monumental that actually is. Even just in the history of this podcast and all the podcasts we've done over oh, 600 man. now on shitty quarterback play. How it's, dare you speak of Josh McCown that way? But yes, um, <laughs> I think Josh was gone before we got here, by the way. Truth, we didn't do one on him. No, he was 2013. <laughs> um, this is this is not us saying that Justin Fields can't improve in certain areas. I think we've talked about that at length. Just listen to the last podcast with uh, Mike Jones and check out his column that's now up on the Athletic right now um, about second year quarterbacks. But the it's the intangibles. It's like some of the conversation I had with Mike Jones about the special plays. They can't teach plays. Those plays that really, really encourage a locker room. Forget just the the front office and their evaluation. Like the type of intangibles that really engage a locker room. Those players know they have someone who's different. Someone who has special qualities, who can make special plays. We've seen a lot of them. Even through the air, I would argue, Adam. Over the past six weeks, I mean that throw to Montgomery. Oh, the end zone view, the all twenty-two end zone view, where you it's even better that yeah pointing. It was already good, but then when you see it on the end zone, you see that there was actually a safety coming over the top, and like he just threw that thing on a rope. Yes, just a laser right into, and he's throwing it to a running back, not a wide receiver, so you're not going to have the same catch radius. Yeah, and. Man, that was a great throw. So, see, and, and I get it. Like you want to see him throw with more anticipation, get the ball quicker, feel more comfortable in the pocket. But some of that has to do with the help around him, the investment that Ryan Poles needs to make around them. But at the same time, how many quarterbacks have you seen for the Bears run for 555 yards over five games? Well, Brian Greasy didn't do that. Jake Cutler Mike, didn't do that. I don't think Mike Vick did that. Mike Vick didn't do that. <laughs> It's insane. Caleb, let me go for the Bears quarterbacks. Caleb Haley can't. Caleb Haley well, you don't even do need that. to. I'm talking like national ever quarterbacks. George, yes. That, that's the conversation here. Like this, that, that's special. Yeah. And then it's make really, throws it, like that to David Montgomery. It, it's, it's, so when you sit around your Thanksgiving table and you, and you talk about what you're thankful for, just, you, you got your quarterback, Chicago. Like, how many times have Bears fans been on a receiving end of a play like that third and 12 
conversion to Equinemia St. Brown, where the quarterback eludes pressure, finds the open receiver because a scramble drill is going on. Well, it's usually Aaron Rodgers. Who's yes, doing it to thank them, you. Too. Or Brett Favre. Yeah. Remember those guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly who I was hinting at. Just one of those back breaking third and long. Yes. How many times have we seen that? Covered that. And it's the opposing quarterback doing that. For the first time, I, I think this is where I see it differently now, is for the first time in a long time ever, ever covering the Bears, when they have like a third and nine, third and 12, what have you, you actually have a reason to believe that they can can convert it. Yeah. Whether it's a scramble or a play like that. That's honestly been one of the more underrated developments of the last, because you almost take it for granted when it happens, but like... Their third down conversion rate's gone way up. Just and think of, and it's really because of Fields. A lot of times, just because his legs. Because typically, when he runs on third down, he gets it. But that's what had me so encouraged against the Falcons was he was he was doing it with his arm. Yep, yep. How many times have we seen like those third and ten situations where it's like a check down and a running back gets tackled just right. like a yard and a half short and they punt like. It feels different now. Yeah. Well, moving on now to a team that uh, <laughs> does not have a quarterback to be thankful about uh, this Thanksgiving. Complete polar opposites. The New York Jets hosting the Bears this week. It is a uh, look. It's a it's a big quarterback week for both teams. Justin obviously dealing with his injury. But in New York, they're talking about benching Zach Wilson, not only because he's been awful on the field, but of course he handled the post game about as poorly as he possibly could. Just being asked if he'd let the defense down, he said no. No. He gave his best Mike Glennon answer. <laughs> no. Double down on it. <laughs> no. Triple down. Triple down. He really only doubled down, but it's more funny if you think about him just saying no over and over again. Um, I always fail to mention Mike Glennon. Like when I start rambling off Bears quarterbacks, I just th- those four games have just been like just yeah forgotten. He's like doing uh, analyst work now. I want to say he's like he's doing a podcast on North Carolina State. Well, that's where he went. Yeah, this is my year. This is my podcast. I get it. <laughs> Bad joke. I feel bad. That's, I'm a mean person. Yeah, it was Andy Dalton's year, too, once. Actually, it turns out this is Andy Dalton's year. He yeah. had a great game on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was like statistically his best game ever in his career. That's wild. Crazy. Um. Anyway. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. Yeah, Matt Nagy probably liked that. Now we're off the rails. Anyway, so while that's all going on in New York... um. It comes out via Albert Breer in a brilliantly timed leak um, that uh, Justin Fields, not even in the media, forget the media part of it, just in the locker room, apologized to the defense Sunday for letting them down. I'm just picturing that apology, Johns. Hey, sorry, defense. That's been awful all year. Um I apologize for leading the league in scoring over the last month and uh, being the number one fantasy quarterback. And, uh, you know, like, the guy has nothing to apologize for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure he didn't phrase it that way. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> I know, we're kidding. But, um, it's, but it says something about him. Yes. It, it really does. He wants to win. For all those fans that are on tankathon mode, no, no, no. Justin Fields is burning inside to win, burning inside to win. He had another opportunity in the final two minutes against Atlanta. We know how it played out, injury and all. He's burning to get that victory for himself and his teammates right now. Yeah, and it's, and I saw you retweeted too that clip of, uh, that high school clip uh, from QB1, which I saw last year when I watched, after the Bears drafted Justin Fields, I watched that whole series. Where did you find it? I've only seen bits and pieces of it. It's not on Netflix anymore. There, it was. Uh, it's a. That's a great question. I had to find it on. Uh, I think the the show's original website. 
you can click on them individually and watch them. Okay. Like on your computer. I feel like I only watched one of those last year after he was drafted. Yeah, no, they're all the episodes were on there. And so whoever pulled out that clip of his dad, because his dad's a police officer, and they I think they would have him on the sidelines sometimes just as like extra security or whatever. But the clip is essentially, you know, he's str- Justin struggling in a game, not really sure what to do. And he basically says that. He p- calls his dad over in the middle of the game. He's like, Dad, I don't know what to do. And he just tells him, you know, lead by example. Body them, language, yeah. Body language. Make them believe in you. If, if they don't think you believe, they're not going to believe. And then he goes out and, like, runs for a 90-yard touchdown or whatever. <laughs> he has one of those runs that you see him doing in the NFL. Justin Fields in high school, just that's not even fair. I don't, I don't even know how you would defend him. It's ridiculous. Yeah. These, these NFL players can't defend him. They can't, they can't bring him down. They can't tackle. It's just crazy. Uh, Zach Rosenblatt does a really good job of covering the Jets. And uh, well, we'll, he, we'll bring him in to see what he has to say about a different Zach. Zach, Zach on Zach. Zach attack. All right, let's bring in Zach Rosenblatt. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Blatt, B-L-A-T-T. He covers the Jets for The Athletic, and you can hear him on The Athletic's Can't Wait podcast, which is a great name for a podcast. What's up, Zach? Not much, man. I Nothing going on over here to talk about for, for my end, so <laughs> I don't know why you guys are having me on. So <laughs> Obviously not. Obviously not. Um, so the first thing we established before we start is uh, you apparently know Pat Finley really, really well. <laughs> Yes, and uh, Pat's obviously not on this podcast, but uh, gets talked about a lot on this podcast Does for he? various reasons. So, uh, <laughs> yes, I know uh, him and his friend and Patrick Finley. <laughs> that, that is George. That's George McCaskey, the chairman oh, wow. of the Chicago Bears. That's funny. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know Pat from uh, back when we both worked in Arizona at the same time when I was coming out of college, and his his br- twin brother was my boss for a long time. So I know I know the Finleys very well. The crazy thing about the twin brother factor for them, it's not that they look alike. It's the voice inflection. Yeah. And my story is we're at the Super Bowl in Arizona. I want to say it was Seahawks, Broncos. I'm getting them wrong. Um, I forget which one it was. But Pat's brother was there. Um, Pat wasn't there yet, but I hear him talking. I, I think it's him across <laughs> the bar, but it wasn't him. It was his brother. Um, just just freakishly familiar <laughs> or, or, or just too too similar, I should say. Uh, yeah, it's they, they, have, they have a great story about when... Uh, when I think Pat first got to Arizona, there, there's like a baseball coach named Andy Lopez who thought went up to Pat and started talking to him like he was Ryan the whole time. Uh, and I don't think he, he ever he, he was like didn't have it in him to tell him that it was like I, I can know, see Pat going along yeah. with that. Yeah, <laughs> I can totally see that happening a hundred percent. All right, Zach, how bad is it uh, in New York right now? <laughs> yeah, speaking of things that aren't similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's uh. Well, there's never a dull moment uh, on the jet speed, is what I've learned. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting time, you know. I, I, I mean, as you guys know by now, obviously, is that they're, de- I think they're considering benching Zach Wilson. I'm not sure necessarily yet if they're going to do it, but it's it got to a point both with the way he played and all the post game press conference stuff that they have no choice but to at least consider it, if not to send a message, then to at least put a quarterback in there that can lead a team that has like playoff caliber talent. Um, which I think is, you know, Zach Wilson, I think I've been saying this the last couple of days. I He wound up being like a victim of their success in a way because I think they were hoping to like let this year be a time for him work work through his issues while they like got a little better and the next year was the year they would compete for the playoffs. Instead, they're good enough to make the playoffs now and he's going through those mistakes and they and he's and it's hurting them. So it's uh it's an interesting spot to be in. But yeah, they're uh Internally, I'm, I I know they're struggling with this decision quite a bit because they just drafted him number two overall last year. He was nine for twenty-two. It's a forty-point-nine completion percentage for seventy-seven yards. Seventy-seven yards. Um, uh, fifty-point-eight pass rating, sacked four times, rushed three times for twenty-six yards. That was in a ten-to-three loss to the Patriots. And like my my first impression, like seeing that stat line, like that's what Bill Belichick does to first and second year quarterbacks, but circumstances seem different. Like you said, they're what, six and four right now. Yeah. They're arguably the better team. And then like, take me into like your immediate reaction when he, when he's asked about his performance and he just says, no, like what, <laughs> like what's, what, what's going off in your head right there? It, 
it, it's just him shooting himself in the foot. And like all he had to do was say yes, and it, it would have been nothing to him. Like it would, that's why he he caused this whole firestorm just from two. He said no twice. Um, all he had to do was say yes, even if you don't believe that it's your fault. Which you know, I you can debate whether it was completely his fault or not. I think it was. I mean, that defense held them to three points. Um, and you have other guys in the locker room, like they have their special teams captain in the locker room, uh, to say, put it on me because they give up that punt and return touchdown at the end. And uh, their defensive end, Carl Lawson, yesterday, uh, was or m- Monday, was like, you know, we well, we shouldn't have given up three points. <laughs> like, that, that, that's the kind of, kind of accountability his teammates are putting forward. So for him to just say no and so dismissively was such a bad look. Uh, and it, it's not like he was, like, taking accountability the rest of the press conference either. So that... It, it's a it's a problem. Um, he's a young quarterback who, you know, when he was in Utah, he, he was kind of the the golden child. You know, his whole high school and, and college life, and I don't think he was ever really criticized like he's been in New York. So I think there's some frustration with the line of questioning. Uh, I don't know if he believes that it was his fault or not, but uh, yeah, I, I was I was I shouldn't have been surprised because it's not the first time he's done something like that. But I, it was pretty shocking in the moment for him to sh- be so unself aware that uh, he couldn't. At your, he's he was voted a captain. He's the quarterback of the team, and the offense just put, they they totaled two yards in the second half. Like that's that seems almost impossible in the modern. Yeah, NFL. Sometimes you just fall into two yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the fact that he couldn't like be okay, we we sucked. I got to be better. Like it's <laughs> or just say yes to that question at the like it 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 kind of blew my mind honestly. Yeah, go to the cliche machine. There's yeah. So often you hear quarterbacks go, you know, I got to be better. We all got to be better. We got to work harder. Got to go back to the drawing board. All of those things. He just said no twice. <laughs> yeah, well, Jets fans, of course, love that anecdote that came out yesterday about Justin Fields. <laughs> I was about to read that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say uh, credit to whoever with the Bears took the victory lap on that one in the wake of <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. going Here, on. Let, let, let me read what they, they knew what they were doing when they leaked that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Let, let me read this real quick. This is from Albert Breer. A uh, little nugget I picked up. Bears QB Justin Fields apologized to his teammates after Chicago's loss to the Falcons in the locker room postgame. Told them the defense gave the offense a chance and the offense didn't get it done. Went a long way with the guys after he played hurt. My understanding is Fields' defensive teammates stopped him as he went as he was finishing the apology. Told him they had his back. Really cool moment for everything there and a nice sign of where Matt Eberflus has taken the culture in Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> so that goes viral as... Zach I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of those retweets it. were from uh, New York uh, people. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's and and then, you know, we talked to his teammates have all been saying the right thing since then. You know, that we're a team. We still, you know, Quinn and Williams said he didn't talk to them after, but they he didn't feel like he had to. But I, I can tell you there's people in that locker room that were not happy with, with the way he acted. So, well, um, and, and Zach, I wonder, too, like. If he doesn't make those comments, do you still think the quarterback job's up in the air this week? Because I feel like I feel like as a coach that had to play a factor and it's kind of a crucial week where you I just I think it had to be a factor. I think they like you said off the top, I think there's part of this is just sending a message. It goes beyond just his poor play on the field. You know, I I think it plays a factor in the sense that there's a risk of the locker room splintering. Like the comments themselves, I don't think are what maybe would trigger Robert Sala to want to make a change. But I think the way the response to it, you know, how guys are feeling in the locker room, you know, I think they're going to, this is, it is a pretty good locker room. They have good leaders in there. They'll be fine from this, I think. But I think that's a factor. And I think that's at least why, even if he doesn't wind up benching him, that he's like putting it out there that he might, because it's, that's the accountability thing. And I think you're going to see, I would hope when Zach Wilson talks to us at some point this week, some contrition and some admission that he messed up, um, which will all go a long way. But beyond that, you know, that, that's two games against the Patriots that they lost because he couldn't do his job well. And, the, and the, this defense is playing like a top five, the top 10 defense. Uh, they have a tough schedule coming up. The, and the Jets have to balance whether Zach is the quarterback to get them to the playoffs now. And you have to also consider, is he the quarterback of the future, which is like a really tough balance. Robert Sala is yeah. going to have to find it's, He's paid to make those hard decisions, but um, yeah, I, his press conference, I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't like a factor in all this. Just like I said, the reaction to it more than anything. How about his just his, his on the field development? Can you take us through it? We saw Trubisky take steps in his second season. Yeah. I know Zach Wilson's had had some injuries and whatnot, but like what what's going on in the field for him? Like beyond the Patriots games, which we know Bill Belichick will have a field day with young quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, there's. There's been flashes of like the talent, like the talent is clearly there, but 
there's just like something missing. You know, he they call an offense that just tries to mitigate his mistakes. Like they they've been so conservative. They've been very run heavy. It's been harder when Brees Hall went down and they've had to make him do more. He's I think the worst quarterback under pressure in the NFL. Uh, which isn't just in two games against the Patriots. That's all year. So yeah. um, the offensive line is not getting any better. They lost Elijah Vera Tucker for the year. He's their best offensive lineman. They're still pretty banged up there. They have a couple of guys. You know, they have a guy they signed off a practice squad before the season playing right tackle right now. So that's not going to get better. They don't have Brees Hall coming back. Uh, and, but they have talented receivers. They have a good tight end group. Uh, Michael Carter is a solid running back out of the backfield. And he's just – Zach Wilson, you know, he just makes these mistakes where – if the first read is not there, he panics and he does not know what to do. And that's that's a problem. You know, for it to be 20 games in and him still having that same issue where the first read is gone. So he immediately either throws it away or scrambles out of the pocket or uh, just throws it to the running back in the flat. Like that's kind of what happened at, at the end of the game before they punted it away for the game winning touchdown. It was a, like a third and third and short, I think. Uh, and the first read was Tyler Conklin. Uh, he saw he was double teamed and he, he claims he surveyed the field and settled on Michael Carter, who was behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, but Elijah Moore was open, uh, slanting across the field. So like he's missing open guys constantly. And his, his receivers are being openly frustrated about it, which is a problem, obviously, too. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I don't think he's made the, the progress that I thought he was going to. I thought he looked pretty good in training camp. Uh, but the since the season got here, you know, maybe the injury was a factor where he started playing skittishly. I don't know, but. When he's out there, you just get the sense that he does not, you know, he does not have the confidence that he can throw it down the field uh, in a tight window anymore. And he has the skills to do that, but I don't think he has the confidence to do it right now. So, Zach, this certainly seems to be a situation where um, more and more teams, Jets included, are looking at Justin Fields going, well, you know, what what did we miss there? Why didn't we, you know, why didn't we take him earlier? What did the Jets? What did the Jets screw up? I guess with with Zach Wilson. I, I I in my head keep going back to I remember watching that pro day on the NFL Network, um, and he you know threw that like sixty five yard pass or whatever it was a beautiful ball, and it yeah. just seemed like that was the day that it it you know clinched things for the Jets um, that they fell in love with them or whatever. Um, I mean, did they just get too enamored with the talent? His tape was pretty impressive at BYU, but. It seems like, how would you describe it? Is it character? Is it immaturity? I mean, that seems to be what was maybe missed in all this. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think what was missed is, you know, not every quarterback can handle playing in this market. Uh, and I think they, it's it's a hard thing to measure. You don't know how a guy's really going to handle it. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't covering the Jets when they drafted him. So I don't know, like, all the research they did. Did they talk to his former teammates? Did they talk to his old coaches? Like, I don't know. But I think that's the part that's missing. I don't think he's been able to handle the pressure of being the quarterback in this town, the attention that comes with it, the criticism that comes with it, how you respond to that criticism, how, you know, maybe he shouldn't have been named a captain this young because, you know, leading a, a roster of men who are making more money than you and are, uh, you know, each, you know, this is their lives and, and, and he, they're all looking at him to, to lead them. And I don't know if he was ready for that right away. I, I think he's a guy that in the old days when quarterbacks weren't playing right away, he would have, he would have sat out for a year or two and that would have been best for him. I, I think you're seeing that he needed a lot of seasoning. He wasn't quite ready for the NFL level of competition, I think. Um, so you would have hoped that he could develop for a couple of years and then in year three or whatever, you, you have what you, you know, you hope you drafted, but that, teams don't wait anymore obviously and Justin Fields is doing what he's doing and everybody sees that so it's uh yeah I don't know that it, I don't think it's over for him yet maybe this is a, a wake-up call for him maybe this is the thing that drives him forward uh, everybody thought that maybe the three interception game he had would do that uh so if he if he's not benched and he goes against the Bears on Sunday and he has a great game uh then maybe he uses that going forward if he goes and has a terrible game against the Bears and it might be over for him so um it's a it's a they're really at a crossroads right now, I would say. Well, Zach, that's what I want to go to next, because here's the thing about this week. I think this is a great get right week for yeah. him. I mean, I, I think I think if and we're obviously recording this pretty early this week um, because of Thanksgiving holiday. But I, I mean, if if Robert Sala ends up playing this with like this little scare, hey, we might bench you. You got to earn it this week. And then he responds well in practice and still is the starter this week. I mean, you look up, you look at this matchup against the Bears defense. They're not stopping anybody. They have a decent secondary, but there's absolutely no pressure. So if you're telling us he struggles with pressure, 
this is probably a great week where he's not going to face a ton of pressure and could have a good game. And and honestly, if I was the coach, that's probably how I would handle it because you can't forget this is still the number two overall pick that you have to figure yeah. out. You, you can't just give up on him. And he could be facing a Bears team that doesn't have Justin Fields yep. starting for it on the other side. Yeah, I, I imagine those are all factors. And that's why, you know, as as the days have progressed, I kind of get have a feeling they stick with him. But um I, I don't know how he's going to handle the idea that they were considering benching him is is the thing. So, uh, yeah, I think this is the ideal game to put him out there, even if just to get good vibes again with the fan base. If he has a good game, then maybe they come a little closer to back to his side. And then they have a couple of hard games coming up at Minnesota um, and at Buffalo. So, I don't know. You have to balance. So, it, if would, would him playing well against the Bears be a fluke and then you're risking just another bad game next week when they go to Minnesota? Or do you want to get like... If they want to play Mike White now, do you, do you want to get him out there so he gets some reps before he starts playing some tougher opponents too? Like there's there's a lot that Robert Sala is weigh, weighing right now. Okay, beyond the quarterback conversation, <laughs> you, you got. I know it's hard. Well, we, we become obsessed with it here in Chicago as well. We we know exactly what you're saying quite well. Um, you got a top ten defense. You've had some. Joe Douglas has had some good draft classes. Like what is he building? What's the beyond the quarterback? Like what's the the vibe around the rest of the team. Good. I mean, I, I think they they think this this rookie class in particular has really sped up the timeline because you have Sauce Gardner playing like an all pro. You have Garrett Wilson playing like a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. Um, you know, Quinn and Williams is taking the next step to like being one of the best players in the league. Their secondary is really good. Their defensive line is getting pressure constantly. Like they they've built their roster in kind of the image of like the 49ers, because uh, that's where Salah comes from, where they don't blitz at all. Uh, four man rushes and that helps the secondary be able to do what they want because you don't have to blitz all the time. And, you know, they, they tried to build in the trenches and they've, they have a lot of talented offensive linemen, but they've just been ravaged by injuries. But um, yeah, I think they've built from the inside out, which is kind of how Joe Douglas came up when he was in Philly and Baltimore. And, and then they have the San Francisco philosophies. And I think that they're all coming to fruition this year, just not the quarterback position. <laughs> and that's, they're a run first team uh, that's going to win by playing great defense uh, and they, the, the goal was just to have Zach Wilson just manage the offense and not make mistakes. And that worked against the Bills. It worked against the Dolphins. It worked against um, the, these other games they've won. So I think that that's kind of the, the formula they have right now. It's defense, running game, and, uh, you know, just leaning on that talent that they've brought in. Yeah, I think the Jets will win the game. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, we've learned not to pick the Bears. So. Yeah, I'm, okay. I think I'm just picking against the Bears the rest of the season. Even as good as Justin Fields is playing right now. Yeah. You know, the, they're, they find ways to lose, you there know, you from <laughs> kickoff returns to yeah. pick sixes and whatnot. Which could be a, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a team figure out a way to tank a awesome quarterback development year the way the Bears have. It's pretty impressive. Well, they just like didn't bring any receivers for him except for Claypool, I guess, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Who's. Hardly on the field, it seems like, even when he is. So, <laughs> Zach, we appreciate it, man. Really good stuff. Uh, enjoy the rest of what will probably be a crazy week for you. And, yeah, happy uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy you too, Thanksgiving. Guys. <laughs> See you guys on Sunday. All right, Thanks, there Zach. he is, Zach Rosenblatt. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Zach Blatt. Uh, that's Z-A-C-K-B-L-A-T-T this week. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, 
watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Great stuff there from Zach. Um, can I uh, have like, hear me out for a second, Adam. NFL teams and just like teams in general, football teams in general, they have to stop voting quarterbacks captain just because they're quarterbacks agreed can we just stop doing that please please i unless they're like fully worthy of it i i get that the position itself brings a lot of leadership and some of them have to be vocal because it's just the it's the position right but if they're really not worthy can we just not do it. It's like it's okay, everybody. You don't have to vote the quarterback, the captain. That's all I'm saying. But the problem is, I, I totally agree but with then the, you. I, I get it. The optics of him not being a voted captain are bad, right? Like, and, and there's nothing worse for a quarterback coming out on their in their scouting profile when he's not a team captain. Like it's like a huge red flag. They don't go to his birthday party, <laughs> and then they don't go to his birthday party. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's a draft day reference. But, but like, if if it's his second year. I'm with you because I I think in the example of Zach Wilson I think I, I think as Zach Rosenblatt just pointed out like it, it it put him in an unfair position. Yeah, it's okay. It's his second year. It's like Trubisky too in his second year. It's okay. It should be something you have to earn. Yes, and sometimes that's got to be earned on the field. Forget just the position you play and the practice yeah. you put in. It's the actual production and success that you have. Yeah, and I think you're realizing right now why. In their second year, why Justin is captain material and Zach Wilson is not. Yes. What? As as high as I was on Zach Wilson coming out, I think I also did point out right away on draft day that uh, New York was probably not the best fit for him. No. And unfortunately, that's that's how it's played out. Anyway, uh, who cares? Bob, we hope you're okay wherever you are. I don't know. Still missing Bob. And I don't think he tweeted at us either. No. No, no. Maybe he's sick or something. Three big questions. Number one, how much did the Bears miss running back Khalil Herbert in Atlanta? Yeah, a little bit more a little bit more than I thought. Um I think specifically because you see how Tristan Ebner's just not seasoned the way that 
that Khalil Herbert is. There's there's just these little nuances that go into playing the running back position in some of these offenses today that a lot of it has to do with timing, understanding blitz pickups, understanding um, there's a there's a little thing like when you're in a heavy play action offense and you've seen David Montgomery do this in certain situations because the offensive line doesn't always pick up the blockers. If there's immediate pressure, you abort the fake. You know, so there was one play where Justin Fields looked like he did a fake handoff to literally nobody. I noticed it during the game. I was like, oh, who's Montgomery he? saw pressure, yeah. It's because Montgomery bailed on it because he saw pressure and he went to go pick it up. I'm not saying Tristan Ebner didn't do that throughout the game, but a couple, you know those like back-to-back screenplays that turned into sacks? I mean, Third one quarter. of those was definitely on Michael Schofield. I don't know why he didn't pick up the the pressure, but because you, you can't just let the guy come in free even though you're supposed to get out on a screen. But it also seemed like Ebner's timing on his release out of the backfield for the screen was off. There, there's just little slow, nuances. Slow developing play. I know what you're talking about. It's just little tiny things like that. And then he runs into the... At one point, he ran into his own teammate who was struggling to like push back his... He was on his block, but he was not getting... He was not pushing that guy back. And he just sort of ran into the back of him. This is little things like that. I, I thought that they missed Khalil Herbert more than I thought they would, to be honest. Khalil Herbert is averaging six yards per carry and 65 rushing yards per game. Like that, like his weekly nine to 10 yard runs that move the chains to get you that first down and take the pressure off your quarterback, they were missing. I think it also, by the way, it contributed to Justin Fields having a season high 18 carries when logic kind of suggested you should actually probably bring that down a notch. Yeah. Considering where his legs were. And so... I don't want to say that that ended up leading to Justin's injury, but I think there's a small percentage of contribution to it. Yeah, because because they needed to they needed to move make up the the rushing production. <laughs> yes, need to move the ball. By the way, another reason on the long list of reasons they probably should have just been throwing the ball in that last drive. <laughs> that too. Number two, how much confidence do you have in Trevor Simeon if he plays in place of Justin Fields? So here's the weird thing. I I mean, obviously, he's not going to come close to doing what Justin's been doing. He just can't with his, you know, in the running game. And they're not going to score the same amount of points. But I feel like I have more confidence in Trevor than most do. Like, I still think he'll he'll be able to... The ball will be moved. You know, as Matt Eberflus, to his credit, explained on Monday, yeah, the offense is probably going to look more like it did earlier in the year before they shifted to all this quarterback run. And that offense didn't score a lot of points. But I still think Trevor could get it moving perhaps even more efficiently than Justin sometimes was earlier in the year when they were trying to run that stuff. It's a quick game. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. He's seasoned. Uh, let me repeat. We are recording this podcast on Wednesday morning. Uh, there is a lot to still happen with the Bears injury report and the quarterbacks. Um, here is one complaint I will have if Trevor Simeon does play and he has like one of those like five for five for, I don't know, 42 yards and, you know, they, they move the ball and score and he looks efficient. The ball's coming out quick. Can we like avoid those fans that say, oh, why can't Justin do this? Like, because, <laughs> you know, they're, they're bound to. There'll be a few. I don't there think there will that be some. There definitely will be some. I don't think it'll be a lot. I think everybody's going to understand Justin's, you know, where where Justin is. I I think I think what you might hear louder will be the All right, let's just leave Trevor out there the rest of the year. Oh, that's a great way to put it. But also, don't you if you're doing that, don't you not want him to actually play well? Yeah. Because if they if they lose, it's one thing if you lose draft position because Fields is balling out and you win a few games. If you win games with Trevor Simeon, yeah, then it's like, come on, what are what are we doing here? I know what you're saying. I am fully in the camp where if Justin Fields is healthy in two weeks, you play him, give him a chance to go get that confidence building win, go get a few more reps in. And at some point there's a risk reward conversation that needs to be had, especially if the injuries keep happening around him. But I'm for playing him. If he, 
can play and he can't do further damage. There's a small part of me that's still that way this week. Where I've come down the last couple of days, I've been like, just give him a week. It's based more on, I think, his legs and his shoulder. Yeah. He just seems, like he said, his legs are heavy. He seems tired. I just don't want it to lead to more injury. But if they deem him healthy enough to play, like, I don't think I'm going to be sitting there saying it was the stupidest decision. Yeah. He, do, he does need the reps. Number three, beyond Justin Fields, who or what should Bears coach Matt Eberflus and GM Ryan Poles be thankful for? Before I answer that, can I just bring up one thing that just popped in my head, too, on that last topic? The sure. turf at MetLife Stadium. It's been a storyline this season, and guys have gotten hurt on it. And there seems to be, I don't know if I'm necessarily a believer in it, but there seems to be a thought that that, that specific turf is a problem. Maybe just something in the back of your mind, too, as you're making that decision this week on the quarterback. All right. Uh, what should Flus and Poles be thankful for? Justin Fields. I Next just question. said beyond Justin Fields. <laughs> um, I'll give you a couple. The new facility. Okay. Uh, ownership's willingness to take on a bunch of dead money for players aren't here so you can rebuild with 2023 in mind. Ted Phillips retiring? Yeah, Ted Phillips hired them. Kinda. Uh-oh. Khalil Herbert? Maybe Tevin Jenkins' development? Organizational patience for right now? No? You don't want to go through the intangible things? I think we haven't won enough under the leadership of George McCaskey, and that's what we're working on. I think my uh, hesitance and my silence here is just a another reminder of where I stand on the rest of the roster. <laughs> there's a lot of work to do beyond the quarterback. Yeah, and there's a there's a few concerning things. I think Jalen Johnson's taking a step back this week, this week, this season. Excuse me, a little bit. I don't think we had this. Actually, we had we had a fun CHGO virtual happy hour last night with Corey Wooten. And this came up like, who are the pieces you're building around going forward? And when it came to Jalen Johnson's name, I could almost see him being in a Roquan Smith situation this offseason. Where he thinks he should be paid like a top corner and the tape doesn't necessarily back that up completely. And it puts Ryan Poles in a tough spot. On how to handle that. Yeah. So. I would say that Cole Clement is closer to getting his second contract than Jalen Johnson is. I would agree with that. Maybe Ryan Pohl should be thankful for the players Ryan Pace drafted on his way out in the last couple of years. It's a pretty good list. Yes, some good ones. Potential building blocks, you should say. The quarterback, the tight end, even Jalen Johnson in that conversation. Uh, Khalil Herbert, Tevin Jenkins. What happened to Larry Borum, by the way? Is he still on the team? He is. <laughs> he is. Who says you can't lose your job to injury? Just happened. Riley Reef has been okay. Not anything exceptional. I think Michael Schofield's about to be rebenched. Um, rebenched. <laughs> Tevin Jenkins should be fine this week. He's got to right. play. Or somebody well, else needs to play there. Yeah. Well, it's Tevin Jenkins time. Over unders. Let's have a few fun ones first. This is from Randy. Fields doesn't play. Nine and a half times the camera cuts the fields on the sideline if he doesn't play. That's a high number. I think I might still take the over. Yeah. Especially because as they talk about Zach Wilson, they're probably going to cut the fields too. Yeah. I'm going to say under just it's going to hit like nine, especially a lot early. It's a good number there. Very good number. Uh, Sam Householder, longtime listener, has a few. Over under draft class of 2021, uh, how that is framed between Fields and Wilson. Graphics, comparisons, charts, all that stuff. He's going to set that at two and a half. Um, I'm going to say you're going to get at least two, right? Maybe like the the video of them in the media a little bit. I'm going to say over. So, so is this over. not mentions? It's like it's everything. Yeah, I'm going to go over then if it is just that. Yeah, over. Yeah. 
Yeah, any reference of the 2021 draft class, graphics, videos, comparisons, I am going over. That's set at two and a half, definitely over. Over under, he's got it at a half. The number of times Devin Hester's Meadowlands return touchdown is played with him recently making the semifinals Hall of Fame list. Yeah, he sets it at a half, so basically does it. I'm going to go under. I don't I don't think it happens. Yeah, I don't think that they necessarily care about that during the game. Too much quarterback talk. Yeah. All right, some game stuff. This is from PaintMan62. Over, under on Chase Claypool receiving yards. He's got it at 35. We'll just make that 35 and a half. I'm going to go over. Really? Even with Trevor Simeon. Well, that would be an interesting wrinkle. If all of a sudden Claypool gets unlocked with Simeon as the quarterback. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go under. Johns, I have this thing with TV shows. The three-episode rule. Like even if the pilot sucks, I usually give it three episodes. I say, all right, I'm going to give this a chance. Give it three episodes. If it still sucks, then I'm out. It's been three games with Chase Claypool. I'm a little underwhelmed. feel like even new offense, he's not winning enough on the line of scrimmage. Did you see the first play of the game? Yeah. Were you paying there. attention? Were you paying attention? Trying, I'm yeah. trying to remember. First uh, it was a little like play. dump off to Montgomery to the left, like a little swing. Okay. But he was looking right to begin with the Claypool side. And Claypool just got stoned. I think they I think they were trying to shot play to Claypool on the first play of the game. Really? I think. After watching the tape. And uh he just got bottled up, went nowhere, and Fields just had to check it down to the left. I don't know. A little disappointed here to start. This is from Father Fonz Misty. What a name. That's going to be a high second round pick, too. That's going to suck when they don't have that. Yeah, like the fourth pick of the second round, which would be what? 36th pick? Just wait till the Steelers have, uh, the Steelers are going to have pickings and another wide receiver they draft in that spot. Yeah. And then Bears fans are just going to lose their minds. This is from Father Fonz Misty. (laughs) Over under. That guy's going to come back. And over under on Trevor Simeon design runs if he plays. He's got it at half. I'm going over. Designed runs. Yes, yes. I, I, you'll get a zone read. Uh, yeah, there. probably. Yeah. You'll get one. I mean, maybe a QB draw. Do, do sneaks count? Nah, I don't think a sneak counts. I mean, what technically, about, it's a. Yeah. It's a run. Some of them there, are designed. <laughs> there's so much of it in the playbook right now. They might have to run it a couple times. Sure. That's what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. One. There'll be one design run. Sure. One. Yeah. Like yeah. very unexpected one for like five yards in a first down. And yeah. Third and one. All right. Bold predictions. Don't do it. Chase Claypool touchdown. Yeah. Don't do it. Well, now I got to do it. No, then he's not going to score. All right, here. I'll give you one. (laughs) Jalen Johnson interception. Okay. Um, It's amazing that this qualifies as a uh, bold prediction, but I think it does because I can't even tell you the last time the defensive line got a sack. A defensive line sack. (laughs) Anybody counts? Any of them. But they got to be a lineman. It can't be a Jack Sackborn sack. Sackborn. So you said Sackborn. I did. Sackborn. Okay. Sackborn. That's his nickname. Sackborn. Well, he's the only one who gets sacks on the team. So it's got to be Sackborn. Um, yeah. So D-line sack. Because, you know, as we heard from Zach earlier, the uh, O-line's a little banged up. I think they get one. Okay. Uh, the Bears, uh, this is up to a, a, a four and a half point spread. Now, Jets favored by four and a half. I think it opened at like two and a half. Um, Fox noon, Bears, Jets, second trip to New York this season. Um, Yeah, I'm going with the Jets. I just think they're still going to be able to score. 
it's interesting if Fields ends up playing. I think they'll be in the game, and then I think the Bears probably cover in that situation. Um, but if Fields doesn't play, I'm, I think I think the Jets actually cover too. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's Wednesday morning. There hasn't been one injury report out yet, um, and you won't get any clarity on the Bears quarterback situation. I think until Friday. Uh, I, I'm gonna take the Jets. I'm not sure on the score out of 17, 13, 18, 12, something funky like that. Point but, is, uh, those are some numbers. Yeah, yeah, you Jets, just, Those are a lot of numbers. You just yeah, I, I don't know. Jets win and cover somehow. Yeah, I think let it's me, fair for us not to give a score right now. It's yeah, a little, let me work out my score later. We'll tweet them out later or something. Um, all right. Let's run through these other games real quick. Thanksgiving. We're going to do all three of them. Love it. This is this is, this is is the best Thanksgiving lineup we've had in years. So it's it's pretty good. Even the first game is fun because of how the Lions are playing here recently. Three in a row. Yeah. Three-game winning streak. Uh, this starts for you on CBS. It's the first game. 11.30 kickoff Central Time. The Buffalo Bills playing their second straight game at Ford Field because they had to play there on Sunday. Did they stay there? I don't even know. Should have. I don't think they did, though. I mean, Buffalo's not that far. You can get home in an hour. So, um, anyway, Bills at Lions. The Lions are nine and a half point dog. I'm going to pick the Lions to cover. I am, too. Bills win. Lions cover. I am, too. This is going to be a theme here, by the way. Thanksgiving, Fox, 330 game. Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys, nine and a half point favorite coming off their big win over the Vikings. I'm going to say Cowboys win, Giants cover. I'm going to say Giants cover. I think there's going to be a correction here. This is the NFL. Giants had a bad game Sunday. They lost to the Lions. They're going to be pissed off about it. Um, I mean, they lose by like a touchdown, but they, they cover. Maybe. Yeah. I like the, I like the dogs on Thanksgiving. Um, then the night game. NBC 720 Patriots at Vikings. Vikings are two and a half point home favorite. Seems low, doesn't it? Little bit. They're uh, obviously having a good year, but nobody believes in them. These lines have actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why I found it so funny. <laughs> like nine and one. <laughs> Patriots have a good D, man. Like I, I know, I know, but they can win by a. I'm picking the Vikings to win by a field goal, even if nobody believes in them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm taking the Patriots. I wouldn't be surprised if they win outright. Come on. There's been something. Here's what's interesting about that Vikings offense. They have stars. Kirk Cousins is wearing chains and shit on the plane, and everybody's partying, whatever. Um, there's been something off with that offense all year. This like It hasn't actually been that efficient. And they're going up against a really good D here. Also, Kirk Cousins in prime time. What are you doing, John's taking Kirk Cousins? It's just on that alone, it's the wrong pick. <laughs> I know. Give me the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots are good, though. Definitely going to tease that one up a little bit, too. Okay. Just should be a lock. Lock city. All right, and then NBC on um, on Sunday night. We'll move ahead to Sunday because this is a Packers game. Man, they got to be on primetime again. 720 Packers at Eagles. Eagles are seven-point favorite. Give me the Eagles to cover. Yeah, me too. They almost lost again. Eagles have kind of lost some of their mojo, but they managed to pull that thing out in Indy. I just think the Packers are a lost cause right now. It's ugly. Rodgers isn't playing well. It's almost like he's checked out. It's really weird. He checks in and out. That's true. Like, you know, it's like his interest level comes and goes. Yeah. Whatever. Go Bears. That's right. Packer week in a week from now. Mm -hmm. Watch out. All right. uh, Fun episode. Appreciate Zach coming on. Um, Hopefully everyone enjoys this pre-Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving, whenever you're listening yeah. to it, on Thanksgiving. Maybe you need a break from your family and you just need to pop on Hogan Johns. That's cool, too. Listen to it with the family in the car. We didn't swear too much until the end. That's true. Eh, those weren't even real swear words. Mm. No. It wasn't, it wasn't like this. We need 
Don't yell like that. Still my favorite soundbite. All right, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Go sign up, allchgo.com. You get your diehard membership. Appreciate everybody that has jumped in there. Obviousshirts.com for your merch. Help support 22Q Family Foundation. And um, hit subscribe, like, notifications on YouTube. Check us out there. Appreciate everybody that does uh, help us grow that YouTube channel. And then uh, if you listen the old-fashioned way, please rate and review the pod. Appreciate you guys. Thankful for you. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Please travel safely. Enjoy time uh, with your family and uh, and be smart about it, too, at the same time. Bears-Jets Sunday. We'll talk to you post-game. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. See ya. Bears got a great team this year. They're going to go all the way.